preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network. Hey, Judy, do you have a pet trust? You know, here I am working on animal radio with all these animals, and I unfortunately, I have to admit, do not. Okay, do you have any money put away if anything happened to you whatsoever? Let's say you got into a car accident. I don't have any money. (laughs) So it doesn't really matter anyway. You didn't have money. Now you won't have money later anyway. Well, you know, I could from my um, insurance policy. I could, you know, do something with that. Well, you have a... You have cats anyway. Yes, and I do. Chances are very likely that you'll outlive them, but uh, unless something happens, well, yes. you never know uh, from one day to the next. But uh, if you have a bird, you know some birds live oh fifty to seventy-five years, even yes. longer than that. Yes, and can out- easily outlive you. I believe horses. Uh, I believe the bigger the animal, horses, so, I think live an average of about thirty years. Okay, yeah. Well, for me, like that would be, I couldn't commit to a brand new horse right now. I go into the supermarket, <laughs> I buy the yellow bananas. Uh-huh. Yellow. I understand. You, you understand. Yes. We have James Peters on the phone. Hi, James. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thanks. You're with LegalZoom.com. Is that correct? That is correct. What do you do over there? I am the managing attorney at LegalZoom. Um, I basically manage our staff of attorneys who put together the legal documents that we offer online. Cool. So it's like an online online resource for legal documents uh, for those of us that can't afford a full-fledged attorney, I imagine? Exactly. We we set up um, some good, easy-to-complete easy questionnaires to complete your um, standard legal documents at, uh, you know, we, we call it attorney quality without attorney prices. Now, are these legal all over the United States? They are. Very good. Okay, so the reason I'm calling you is to talk a little bit about pet trusts and how they're enforced, how to put one together, and to really understand how I can protect your protect pet. my pets before, yeah. if, if for God's sake anything happens or before I, I die, I want to make sure they're taken care of. And they don't end up in a shelter. Right. How, how many animals are really uh, left into a shelter because they don't have, or because their owner died? Well, you know, the unfortunate fact is that somewhere around half a million pets are euthanized every year. Wow. Um, I, I think people generally assume that someone that they know will take over and take care of their pet if they happen to die before right. their pet does. But that's just not always the case. No, and these pets uh, are usually aging pets, so they're harder to adopt out. Yeah, exactly. The, the problem is, you know, if you, it's hard enough to adopt out a pet as it is, but if you have an aging pet that has ongoing veterinary expenses and things like that, it becomes particularly difficult. Mm-hmm. Which can open up a whole can of legal worms. Uh, what is a trust? Who manages a trust? And I'm imagining my cat with uh, millions of dollars worth of uh, caviar and... Uh, uh, tuna fish, and I, I really don't understand the concept of how a trust is enforced. Do I know the person that uh, enforces it? Uh, uh, do they get adopted out with the trusts? Uh, how, how does that whole thing work? There, 
there are different ways that you can work this out. Now, I know that a lot of people have visions of the um, caviar dreams of the cat and things <laughs> like that. Um, and there are some famous examples. I, I believe there is a Dusty Springfield had a will that set up strict provisions that her cat be fed imported baby food and <laughs> played her songs at night and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But the fact is most people don't set them up quite that um, elaborately. Um, a pet trust essentially is just an estate planning vehicle to provide some money and property for the care of your pet. Um, the way that you set it up really with um, who manages it, all that good stuff. It, it should be somebody that you know. Um, you want to provide a caretaker who you're familiar with, who you know will be a good fit for your pet, and who knows what's going on with them. Um, you can also set up a, you can set it up where the same person is the caretaker and the trustee, or if you want to make absolutely sure that your wishes are followed, you can set up a separate trustee and caretaker so that the trustee kind of manages manages the funds and the caretaker actually implements your instructions. Which is better for your pet if you set something up in your will or you actually prepare a pet trust? What are the differences? Well, the way that it works essentially is you can set up a pet trust clause in your will. We can do that for you at mm-hmm. LegalZoom. Um, and that's a good a good way of going about it. Essentially, though, the, the one drawback to having it in only your last will is that the will does need to go through probate. There can be challenges to that will. If you set up simply a trust, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to go through the same amount of formalities. So that's good. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, though, is that both of those documents are essentially tools for providing for your pet if you actually die before your pet. Um, in some cases, though, people will just become incapacitated in some sense and still have a pet that needs to be cared for. What happens then? In, in that case, what you'll want to do is have um, a clause in your durable power of attorney that provides powers to um, your your agent or your attorney, in fact, to actually take over and take care and make expenditures on that, that pet. Uh-huh. There is, a, I guess there's a time frame, a 21-year time frame that a pet trust can be set aside. Is that correct? What are the logistics and the technicalities? I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, pet trusts have been evolving a lot in the U.S. lately, um, which is a good thing for pet owners. Uh-huh. Um, it used to be that uh, pet trusts have been recognized in other countries like England through common law as far back as 100 years ago. But in the U.S., this is really a last decade or so kind of thing. Um, it used to be that there's, there's something in law called rule against perpetuities, which is this 21 years that you're talking about. Um, it's an incredibly complex um, subject, but it has been circumvented to a large extent by something called the Uniform Probate Code. Mm-hmm. Um, This is basically a set of laws that's been put together by a group of, um, I guess, forward-thinking legal professionals. Mm -hmm. It's been adopted by several states, and it actually um, allows you to just go ahead and give money to a pet. Um, The reason that the 21 years was uh, a difficulty earlier was that you couldn't give money to a pet because a pet was strictly considered property, and you can't give property to property. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The nice thing is that with all these states that have started adopting the new statutes, 
that's not a concern. Well, do I got to move to those states? No, you don't have to move to those states. Um, the the pet trust can still be set up in pretty much any state that you want to. Okay. Um, this is the the area that can get a little bit complicated for pet owners. This is kind of one of the reasons why being able to go on to a site like LegalZoom is a little bit helpful. Uh, we do simplify things and make it easy for people to go through. And our pet trust clauses are set up to either work with a specific statutory scheme mm-hmm. or go to a default um, kind of honorary trust setup. In those cases, the, the drawback is that you don't have an enforcement ne- mechanism built in with mm-hmm. an honorary trust. Um, you're basically giving money to someone to be the caretaker for your pet and with the understanding that they'll actually follow through and do that. That, that is the one drawback. So you do want to have somebody who you can trust, and you really wouldn't want to have somebody appointed to take care of your pets who you feel would need to have that enforced upon them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a benefit, and some people are concerned that um, people might take advantage of a trust of this nature. Um, so it is helpful in the states that automatically allow enforcement mechanisms to have that available. How much uh, would I put into a trust? Uh, how do how long do I know they're going to live? Uh, how much should I prepare for them? How much does it cost to, to to put the paperwork together? Well, the paperwork is is probably one of the least expensive parts of it. Um, if you wanted to set up a pet trust in say one of the last will and testaments on LegalZoom.com, it's included in the price of the document, and those start out as low as fifty nine dollars here. Wow. Um, as far as planning for what you actually want to provide for your pets, you need to be realistic about what you spend on your pets per month and try to give an honest reflection of how long you expect that that animal to live. You know, you have a, a pretty wide range, as you guys were mentioning earlier, from cats that live, you know, maybe in the neighborhood of 15 years to some parrots that live up to about 90 years. Wow. Um, and the amount that you provide is really a personal decision. We have people leave everything from $1,000 to 15000 fairly regularly. Um, you get some more famous examples of folks who leave uh, in the 100000 plus, but that's obviously not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, the one benefit, though, to keep in mind is that when you're leaving money to a pet trust, the leftovers, as, as you could call it, um, once the pet trust is no longer required, if, if say, the animal passes on, mm-hmm. you can designate beneficiaries that you want the remainder of that trust to go to. Wow. So if you wanted to set it up and say, you know, your, your spouse is going to be the caretaker, but once the animal passes on, the money will go to your spouse, you can do that. You can also set it up so that it will go to maybe your favorite animal charity as well. Very good. Very good. We're talking with James Peters of LegalZoom.com about pet trusts and clauses. Uh, These are the various trusts that you put together to protect your animal should the unfortunate case that you expire early or maybe not expire early. Maybe your pet will outlive you. We'll be back in just a moment with James Peters right here on Animal Radio. Hold on. 
Listen up, Southern California. The third annual San Diego Pet Expo, brought to you by PetSmart, is December 10th and 11th at Del Mar Fairgrounds. This year's holiday extravaganza will feature exhibitors with the newest and hottest pet products and services. Find a furry new friend at San Diego's largest adoption parade at the San Diego Pet Expo. Join this fun family event for pictures with your pets and Santa, crafts, storytelling, and prizes. Join Animal Radio as we broadcast live from the San Diego Pet Expo, December 10th and 11th at Del Mar Fairgrounds. Log on to sdpetexpo.com to exhibit or to learn more about this holiday weekend of furry fun. Mark your calendar now for the third annual San Diego Pet Expo at Del Mar Fairgrounds, December 10th and 11th. Brought to you by PetSmart. I'm Anne-Marie Lucas, Special Investigator for the ASPCA, and I've seen the horrors of animal cruelty. Animals like Libby, a beautiful, innocent cat. Someone poured burning kitchen grease over her head and left her to die. When Libby arrived at our shelter, she was near death. The skin on her head was burned away, and the scalding grease left gaping holes in her back. No animal should have to suffer like this. Help us rescue more animals. Become an ASPCA guardian with a monthly gift right now. Call 1-866-MY-ASPCA or join online at myaspca.org. We'll rush you the photo of an animal in our shelter. Call or join online in the next 30 minutes and we'll also send you an ASPCA t-shirt absolutely free. Please reach out and save animals who are suffering right now. Call 1-866-MY-ASPCA or visit us at myaspca.org. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio Network. And welcome back to Animal Radio and Animal Radio Network. We're talking about legal pet trusts. And how to establish a pet trust, we have James Peter Peters with LegalZoom.com on the, line, on the line with us. Uh, James, I want to start from step one sure, and uh, work our way through. I've decided, okay, maybe I should put together a trust. Okay. I don't know really how much I want to put in yet. I don't know how much is really appropriate. Where would I start? Obviously, LegalZoom.com would be the, the area to start. LegalZoom.com is a great place to start. We've got some good basic information for people who are still kind of in the deciding stages of these kinds of things to read over and get themselves more informed. Um, And once you're actually ready and say, I I know what I want now, I can go in and do this, we've got um, really great, easy-to-follow questionnaire set up that um, you can go online, answer the questions, they're all in plain English, mm-hmm. and get your customized documents provided to you. Um, some of the things that you'll want to consider, though, when you're, when you're actually thinking about how much do I want to set aside, um, think about things like what you spend each month on pet food, uh, what you spend on toys for your pet. Um, in addition to annual veterinary bills and things of that nature. You just want to make sure that the person who is designated to care for your pet is not burdened by caring for your pet. Got to have enough money. I mean, and you got to expect your pet, is health is probably going to get worse. Yeah, exactly. I think um, we mentioned a little bit earlier that 
the adopting out of the animals gets a bit more difficult as they get older, but caring for them gets quite more complicated as well. Um, you have a lot more veterinary expenses and things like that, and you want the person who's caring for your pet to be able to, you know, take all the steps necessary and not feel like they have to be, you know, working within some kind of budgetary constraints to do that. So you, you really want to have it set up where your caretaker feels at ease providing all the care you would want to give to your pet. Okay, and we should, uh, of course, sit down with that caretaker and make sure that they want to do this. Make sure this is, don't just burden them all of a sudden with this. Uh, Surprise. Yeah. That, that, I think the importance of that cannot be understated. Uh, you're, you're looking at a person who will care for an animal that you consider to be, studies show the vast majority of people consider their pets to be a member of their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want that pet to continue to be treated as such. So you, you definitely want to sit down with and talk to the person about that. Um, I guess the one thing that is a, a bit beneficial is say that you you talk to somebody, you maybe talk to a couple people and you have a few family members who would be more than willing to take care of your pet should something happen to you. Um, one of the options that we provide on our site is um, alternative or alternate trustees. Mm-hmm. So say that something happened to the first person that you had um, hope to appoint as the guardian of your pet, you would have a an alternate available to take care of your animal should that be necessary as well. Wow. Should I have any concerns about pet fraud? You know, it, as... As terrible as it sounds, these things do come up occasionally. Um, you'll read stories about, you know, John Doe, who is on Black Cat Number 5, um, <laughs> and is uh, found out by someone who finally goes and investigates. There are some steps you can take um, to prevent that. I, I believe that... Um, DNA sampling is one thing that you can do. You can do that through your veterinarian. Um, Again, if you are talking to somebody who you know well and have discussed things with earlier, it's less likely to be an issue if you you know you have a guardian and a trustee that you really know mm-hmm. care for your animal in the same way as you do. But it, it's understandable that people are concerned because we do have you know as I said customers who give tens of thousands of dollars to their pet trusts and. Some people want to make sure that uh, that they have that money protected and that it's actually going to their pet. So, so the DNA sample is one way to do that. Um, another thing is when you go on, let, let's say you're going through LegalZoom to do this, you know, we'll, we'll ask questions about your pet. You want to provide as much description as you can. You don't want there to be any room for confusion on that. So you don't you don't just want to say, I'm creating a pet trust for my cat. But you'll want to say, I want to create a pet trust for my cat, whose name is this, mm-hmm. and give a physical description of that cat. Mm-hmm. All that's helpful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I figure out how much I want to put in, and i got to do all the description and everything. What about the money? Should I have that in an account somewhere? No, that's not necessary. If you wanted to set that up, you could. Um, but that's one of the, the things that will be the responsibility of the trustee, is to maintain that money once um, the pet trust actually takes effect. Um, If you were doing something more along the lines of a rather large pet trust, um, which some people do, you can almost do it in like an endowment sense where you actually put in enough money so that your pet's care can be taken care of on the interest earned from that account. Mm -hmm. Doris Duke's pet trust was 100 grand. She was uh, the American Tobacco Company heiress. Yes. Wow. Wow. Boy, what, what kind of provisions yeah. would she put in there? 
you know, the, the interesting thing is you'll have some people who donate quite a lot of money and really don't give much for provisions. They just figure that uh, they'll be cared for. But then you also do have people who set up um, very, very elaborate um, elaborate trusts for their pets where they can live in their, I guess, Sometimes people call them almost like retirement homes for pets. If you're, if you're, if the owner passes away, the pet can go to this place where they'll have their private room with a leather couch and a flat screen TV that has Animal Planet running 24 hours a day. Um, you can really provide a lot if if you want to these days. James, there's a big coalition now to change the word. Uh, owner to guardian with pets and animals across the country. How is that playing into this, and uh, how will that play into how these are enforced in the future? Well, that that is an interesting movement. Um, as you probably know, LegalZoom is in Los Angeles, California, um, close neighbors to West Hollywood, which is one of the first localities to actually pass an ordinance stating that people have to refer to their pets as companion animals and instead of owners it is guardians um now there, there are people who think that is a bit on the extreme side but i think the intention behind it is very good it's really in treating animals more as a part of the family and less as just a piece of property um and i think that's being reflected in all these states that are currently passing laws that allow you to actually leave money to your pet for the care of your pet. You know, maybe 15 years ago, it was very rare to have a statute that specifically allowed this. Now there are Mm -hmm. about 30 states that have actual specific statutes saying, yes, you can create a a trust for the care of an animal. And I, I think it just shows a little bit of a shift from thinking about pets strictly as property to more as, you know, an animal that you or the owner really cares about and wants treated as a member of their family. And I, I think that's appropriate to have that going on. James Peters of LegalZoom.com, we appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Remember, you can learn everything that you heard about at LegalZoom.com or online now at uh, AnimalRadio.com. All the links, everything that you've heard on the show today uh, at AnimalRadio.com. This is Animal Radio Network. Hi, Animal Radio. Hi. Who's this? This is Genevieve. Genevieve, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Lake Matthews, California. Ooh, is that, uh, is that? Northern California? It's beautiful Southern California, Riverside County. A Riverside, okay, never heard of it. Uh, and I imagine you were listening on Coast. Absolutely. Very good. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a pound puppy that we got a couple of years ago. He's a um, chocolate lab. He's about four years old. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a barker, okay? Mm-hmm. But that's one of the problems. But the other problem that we have is we cannot keep him in a kennel. So now I've actually had to tie him up and keep him on a leash. Because uh-huh. in the kennel, he's learned to climb out of it. <laughs> he's learned to climb out of the kennel? Yes. He, wow. will cli- he will climb out of the kennel. He won't jump. He'll climb out. Isn't it uh, enclosed? Enclosed? Yeah. Fully chain, enclosed? Chain link. The top is open. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Five, five feet. 
cleans out. <laughs> now you might want to think about putting a top on it as well, putting some kind of a link or chain link or something on top. Well, unfortunately, it's built around some cypresses, so that would be a little bit hard. Okay. Oh, okay. But um, anyway, so what we've done is we've got one of those um, cables, and we have them tied up to that. Uh-huh. Well, um, when he decides he wants to play, he will pull his head out of his collar. Huh. Does he get uh, an adequate amount of play time and attention from you? Um, too much. Yeah. He is what you call high maintenance. Uh-huh. To the point where he needs attention 24-7. And is this uh, suddenly something new? Did it just all of a sudden... Something... He's, he's been high maintenance all along, but he has now just started... He's always taken off on us, okay? Uh-huh. But see... I, I don't like animals running around. Right. I live out, we live out in the rural area, out in the country, which is no big deal, but we've got coyotes, we've got wild dogs and stuff like that, and we don't need it uh-huh. and getting hurt. Or, you know, I don't want the neighbors complaining. Right. So, but, so we started putting him on a leash, and he does fine, but whenever the kids come home or whenever there's kids outside playing, he wants to play too. Of course. So yeah. when my daughter goes and walks down the street... He will sit there and literally pull his head, choking himself, to the point where he's almost knocked out. I watched him yesterday. Oh, no. And he will get his head out. We have, we've got two-finger um, distance now between his neck, his actual skin, and the collar. That's and the right can, amount. And he can still get out. When, why, why do you think he's trying to get out? Because he doesn't want to be tied up. He wants to be, with it. He wants to be a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does if he spend he much? Be, if he could be in the house, he would be happy. Does he spend much time in the house? No. Oh. He's dead. Yeah. Um, I would try to figure out how to cover up that uh, that kennel uh, mm-hmm. so that they, they can be outside without having a leash or being tied something to their neck. Uh, he needs more time off the leash, and unfortunately, he wants to be a part of the family. And if you could just spend a little bit of time with him indoors, bring him in on a daily basis for you know a half an hour at a time, where he knows that that is something to look forward to. I think he'd be a little bit more calmer when he was outside. But being chained up twenty four seven is that's no not fun. A, that's not a fun life, and I would no. be barking too if he could be inside yeah. the kennel, put some kind of top to, to keep him from uh, hopping out. I know shedding is a problem, but if you can designate like a blanket or something and have him come in and spend a little more time with the family, I think that you'd see a big difference in it. I think I like that idea. Yeah. We really appreciate you calling in and, and uh, trying to find a resolve for it. Let us know if yeah, any one of these ideas work or don't work, and we'll try to... I'm going to bat around the idea to some other people and see if we see can if find we some other yeah. answers for you, okay? Okay. That'd be great. Thank you. Thank you for Thank calling. You. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 1-866-405-8405 is the number. I just wanted to tell everyone that you can listen to Animal Radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Is that awesome or what? Joy Turner. It is the ultimate, the consummate animal channel online at AnimalRadio.com. Woohoo! Hello, how are you doing, Hal? Very well, thank you. Good. A little bit of an echo on the lawn. Do you hear that? No. Nope, I don't hear it. It's just in my head. It is in your head. (laughs) Between your ears. Tammy Center from Farnham and Comfort Zone, our savior around the studios, of course. We're always talking about Comfort Zone. Tammy's hooked up. You know what I mean? She works for the company that makes the stuff. 
that calms our kitties. And our dogs, too. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, with the holidays around the corner, plenty of reason that our animals will be stressed, especially if you're traveling. If you're, if you're going to hop into the car and head to the relatives... Or even on a plane. Comfort zone is a great tool to use while traveling with your pets at any time, but especially during the holidays, people are traveling a lot more. So we have comfort zone for cats and comfort zone for dogs. When we travel in the Alpha Dog, uh, we can use the diffuser because, of course, the Alpha Dog is equipped like any other motorhome or, or big mm-hmm. vehicle with uh, with electricity to plug it in. It's sort of like a little <laughs> plug-in. And when we travel with the animals, we have one of those plugged in all the time. Even for myself, with my dog, my parents plug it in just a couple weeks before my dog arrives for Christmas. Uh-huh. And it helps make that transition to a different home much more, con- more, much more comfortable and easy for him to transition from the plane ride to a new place that has Christmas gifts and lots of people coming in and out. All of those are stresses that we put on our pets throughout the holiday. And the uh, the cat formula, which is not DAP, it's Feel Away. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it uses a different type of a pheromone. Um, both um, products are species specific. So the DAP product, the comfort zone with DAP for dogs, works only for dogs. Only dogs can recognize that pheromone. And then the comfort zone with Feel Away for cats works only for cats because it's species specific type of a pheromone. And the pheromone that we use in Feel Away is what we call a familiar pheromone, which is the facial pheromone that cats will naturally secrete when they're rubbing up against you or other objects within the house. A lot of times people say that they notice their cat is rubbing more on furniture and different things in the household, especially during the holidays, because new senses are in mm-hmm. the environment. They get so a mark trying to mark it as familiar for them. Oh, uh-huh. Once they have an environment that's familiar for them, they're less likely to act out in a territorial fashion of trying to urine mark and scratch the territory. The best way to tell, well, we learned about this, it was word of mouth, actually. And, and I think that's probably your biggest sell point, is uh-huh. that it's word of mouth. And we're going to let a listener right now try some at one 405 8405. If you have an animal, a dog, or a cat that's a little stressed or you're planning on making a holiday trip, we'll hook you up with some comfort zone right now. And you report back to us, of course, uh, after the holiday trip. And we'll see who's more stressed, you or your your, your pet. I'm betting it's going to be you. In my case, it's usually me. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you spending time with us. Oh, thank you very much. And I hope everyone has a good holiday. Thank you. You too. We got to go. Before we go, just a couple of things to tell you. If you get a pet, remember to spay or neuter. And don't declaw if you get a cat. There's so many reasons not to declaw. Yes, and if you're looking for a dog or any kind of specific cat, go to a breed rescue. Don't go to a breeder. There's uh, almost any kind of breed rescue you can find online and get that dog that you're looking for that has already been born and is looking for a home. Otherwise, we'll see you back here on this fine station for more Animal Radio. Have a great week. Bye-bye.